What is up, everybody? We are here with the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. I am Kyle Krajewski, joined by my lovely co-host, Mike Del Corso, Dante Bott, and the one and only Zach Cole. Uh, if you're tuning in on YouTube, we are here doing a mock draft, just a straight PPR. I'm drafting from the two. Uh, Mike's at the four. Dante's at the seven. Zach's on the ten. We'll probably tweet out the results, post them on Instagram, but that's not the point of this recording or this episode. We are here to talk some fantasy, uh, more specifically, some bounce back candidates and guys we are not going to draft or not specifically targeting in drafts. But uh, before we get into that, guys, how are you today? I can't complain. I'm doing well. You guys? Fantastic. Good. Doing great. Fantasy drafts a week away, two weeks away. Oof. Let's go, baby. Mike, every time I mock, I see that countdown on Sleeper, and it seems like it's flying. Like every time I check, it's like two or three days closer. Yeah, it's creeping up, man. Creeping up. Amazing. I hope it flies for the rest of it, too, you know? <laughs> Love to hear it. Yeah, I'm amped. I am mocking almost too much, and that's why we're in another mock. Uh, but before we get going in our show, just kind of wanted to highlight a few news and hype uh, coming out from from camp, from practices. Uh, big hype here is Saquon Barkley is looking to get, uh, in quotes, uh, a big bulk of the load uh, in New York. Uh, so there's a, I, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> um, and I mean, I think it's hard not to expect that. I think the backup running back there is Matt Burita. Uh, so it's not like we weren't expecting this, but do you guys have any, is this, did this surprise any of you guys? I'm personally all in on this. I I'm drafting Saquon, uh, as if he's going to be, uh, one of those top five running backs. Um, especially if you can get him coming back to you late in the second round to pair him with it. If you're lucky enough, a Christian McCaffrey, even, um, I think that that's going to just be monumental for your team. Um, even if you don't go that route, I think it affords you the opportunity to go with someone uh, like like a Cooper Cup or a Justin Jefferson early because then you're going to be getting a top-end receiver and a top-end running back, kind of like you would be getting in the back end of the first round. So I love Saquon. Um, obviously, that injury risk is built in, and it's scary, but uh, I, I'm, I'm all in on him, I think. Yeah, I mean, couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. Uh, this is... This is actually the first time he's voiced that this is uh, he's able to fully trust his knee uh, since the ACL injury, and I think that's important with a running back. Uh, in 2018-2019, he averaged 19.7 points per game. I think that's – I mean, if you can get that through running back, especially in the second or even he, – he's shown up as late as like the early third in some of the mocks that I've been doing. But if you can get that type of value at that uh, space, I mean, that's, that's invaluable. Um, in the first preseason game, uh, he played 12 snaps. Uh, he had five touches in that, and he had he also ran uh, seven routes. So I think we're going to see a lot of opportunities uh, with him getting uh, the ball in open space. And um, I think that's just you know that's that's the perfect way to use him. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I, I, he's borderline. He might be like a first round pick for me, uh, depending on what round I'm going. Um, I've if seen, I'm in the late, if I'm in the late first. 
I've seen him jumping. I mean, it's people memeing while they do this, but I've seen I've seen those first round picks because there was a lot, a lot of hype about him uh, this past week and really well warranted. Dude is a beast. Uh, he's getting a lot of love from the coaches. Um, yeah, I I'm expecting big things. I think we all are. Mike may not as a Cowboys fan, but who knows? Uh, but moving on, moving on, we can talk about Saquon a little bit later. Uh, some big news, I guess big news, I'd call it big. Uh, Kenneth Walker suffered a, a hernia, which can be an issue, but we're being told that it's not. But at the same time, everybody is very much just like on the fence. This could be season long. This could be not like he's out season long, but just kind of hinders him throughout the season. It, it, it'll, it's going to be tricky. Everything I've seen is that it's going to be a tricky injury. Uh, one that just kind of just kind of hinders and unless he rests and really takes his time, which as a rookie, in my opinion, could really hamper his position in this backfield. Uh, but what do you what are you guys thinking? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Kenneth, man. We, we did an episode last week where we kind of broke it down and we talked about his his handcuff value and that he really wasn't going to be a handcuff and it didn't look like that was going to be the role for him. Um, so it's devastating. You know, he, he's got a little injury to start the year. Like you said, it could be something where he could be ready week one or he could be out a few weeks. Um, we don't really know. I, I know that he avoided a sports hernia, which I believe – that that is more in like the core area, like your stomach area. Um, so it was a little bit lower. And Pete Carroll, obviously just covering everything up, said uh, he had a small procedure. So um, we're hoping the best for him. But like at this point, I mean, I do think that Rashad Penny does get bumped up a little bit in this scenario. Uh, I know he's banged up as well. Um, but yeah, I, I'm hoping the best for Kenneth. I think if he comes back, he'll be an automatic value anyways. So uh, if anything, it helps his fantasy value. You get a little bit of a discount on him. Personally, I'm going to flip to the opposite side of this conversation. Um, I believe in Rashad Penny in a big way. So um, I, I obviously we never wish hell on any any NFL player. We want to see them all healthy out there all the time. But I, I'm I'm happy for this news because this makes uh, Rashad Penny the clear cut one um, moving into Week One and Week Two, especially with his like roughly ninth, tenth round ADP right now. That's incredible value that you can get. You're getting a starting running back um, who, not to mention, was one of the best running backs down the stretch last year. So I, I I'm all in on Penny and the value that he provides that Lee. So. You know, it's again, like I said, it's never a good thing for a, a player to be injured in any way. But I think that this helps Rashad Penny's role be a lot more clear cut heading into the season. And you were pro Penny prior to the injury, so this I just... was even even with Walker. This just clears up the this this clears the smoke, so to speak. Love to hear it. Love to hear that you you're benefiting from this injury, Zach. <laughs> you know, yeah, personally, yes. Uh, and then one last bit of hype, and this one. We were all very big fans of this player, uh, every single one of us. Michael Pittman and Stefan Gilmore, they went out at yesterday. This is a direct quote from a, a source. Uh, Pittman ran a gorgeous double move that put Gilmore on skates down the sideline. And I'm guessing Gilmore did not like that. And, you know, we're all pro Pittman here. Uh, very big. Uh, we, we're all, we, I think we're going to talk about him plenty later. So I, we're going to keep this as short as we can. 
uh, draft Michael Pittman. He's going. He just went in the mid of the third, mid third, and I think we're all happily taking him earlier than that. He's going to be great. We all know it. And just draft him. Enjoy him. You're going to love him. Uh, but after that, anybody else have some random hype? Any news they want to toss at me uh, that they definitely want to get get chatting about? Maybe Amon Ra that uh, that hard knocks. I don't know if you guys have been keeping up, but Amon Ra with that with the, with the training with his pops. I'm like, golly, I'll, I'll draft him in the first round off the off that training video. Jeez, he was looking good. But that's hard knocks though. They they don't don't make you know a water a water boy look like you know an all pro. So <laughs> listen, I think I want to draft John Brown, his dad, after seeing those workout videos. Oh, his dad I wish I ruthless. I was watching this before, like right before we hopped on, and he was saying how you shouldn't do the tricep pushdown, but he didn't he didn't say why not. Like he didn't tell you what you should do instead. And I'm actually very upset about the hard knocks editors because he start he's straight up said you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't do this. You gotta do and then they like cut it. He he didn't tell you what you should be doing. Uh I I felt very very disappointed, uh, very cliff, uh, cliff hanged, <laughs> super. And it's not like he kept talking afterward. It's not like they cut the segment. He, he kept going. I was very disappointed. Um, but no, I'm on raw. Uh, welcome to the bandwagon. Everybody. The lions are in for a big year. Uh, and especially I'm on raw. I'm, I'm on the hype train too. the, the dude, uh, he's obviously got some fire to him. And uh, obviously as the days go by here, we're starting to learn that Jameson Williams most likely won't be ready for at least a week, possibly more. They're, they're thinking, um, I saw a report today that was talking about rumors about October at this point. So, um, I, I, going into the season, I thought Jameson Williams had such a dynamic, like skill set that he was going to force the ball to go to him. Um, without him there, this is a clear-cut wide receiver one with no competition, um, honestly, besides Swift catch passes on that team. So uh, I'm on the hype train, and uh, I, I want to go back to what you said about John Brown as well, the dad. Uh, poor KD, man. He, ha- he had to just talk <laughs> about KD's Achilles. <laughs> and I was like – Damn man, like KD can't catch a break. That that was one of the funniest parts I thought was that he he mentioned KD's Achilles. He's like, when's the last time you've done a calf raise? <laughs> and, and that just made me a fan right there. Good question. He saw his opportunity and he took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kyle, one last piece of uh, I guess just I news or hype, whatever. Coming from your resident Panthers fan, um, I don't know if you guys saw today. Christian McCaffrey got in a little scuffle. Um, the uh, the Patriots were having a joint practice with the Panthers, and those dirty bastards up in New England they took a late a late shot at, at Christian McCaffrey and, and brought him to the ground after the whistle. Um, but I think that the deeper news is I, I think it kind of pushes Christian McCaffrey in my eyes into that like hungry revenge tour category, kind of with Saquon Barkley. Like he seems like. He's he's had enough of the disrespect. He he wants to prove that he's still top dog in the league. And and you know I, I truly think that there were two freak injuries the last couple of years that have held him out. I think we could see something really special out of him this year. What do you guys think? Very excited for McCaffrey. I think he I think you put it perfectly, Zach. It's it's the revenge tour of these uh, these running backs that couldn't catch a break these past few seasons. Um, but I I'm excited for McCaffrey. I he's my clear cut. RB two or pick two, I should say. 
um, because I think it's Jonathan Taylor, him, and then everybody else. Yeah, I, I'm in complete agreement with that. I, I think that um, if you can get McCaffrey, if he falls to you somewhere, you know, egregious, like three, four, five, six, uh, and you don't know what to do, you're worried about the injury, you have to take the upside at that point because when he's on, he's a quarter, he's literally a quarterback in your running back spot with the points that he puts up week in and week out. So, um, love Christian McCaffrey. All right, fellas. So, now that we've made our way through the hype, let's get into the bulk of it. We are talking some bounce back candidates for this upcoming season. Some guys who, some guys who were just flat out bad or mediocre not last year, uh, didn't really perform, didn't give you a lot of loving in the fantasy point column, but just some guys that we think will and should have a better season this year based on what they did last year. And I'm going to just kind of kick it off, list a few guys, have you guys kind of chat about them as you wish. Uh, but I, we compiled this list ourselves, but two quarterbacks, both Matt Ryan and Trevor Lawrence, uh, both bounce back candidates. Last year, they finished as the QB 20 from Matt Ryan and QB 22, Trevor Lawrence. And this year they're going in basically the exact same range, but swapped. Uh, where? What do you guys think? I one of you mentioned these two. What do you guys think about them as bounce back candidates? So I'll talk about Matt Ryan for a little bit. Um, I think, given the fact that he had nothing uh, outside of Cordell Patterson as an offensive weapon, I mean Calvin Ridley was there for a hot second, but we all know what happened with that. Uh, I think this new offense, they completely upgraded offensive line. Uh, he has Michael Pittman, obviously, Jonathan Taylor. Defenses are going to be focused on that running game. I think it's going to provide a lot of opportunities for the play action for Matt Ryan. And I think the whole establish he's already establishing a connection with Pittman uh, in this uh, preseason already. So I just think with the new, it's a new system. Um, I, I just think with all that, uh, I guess fresh. It's just everything's fresh for Matt. So I think with that, um, it provides new opportunities for him. I'm not saying he's going to go back to the MVP uh, caliber season he had like four or five years ago at this point. But you know, I'm, 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 I'm if you're going for the heavy RB wide receiver strategy and picking a quarterback in the late rounds, I think Matt Ryan is someone you could potentially be uh, striking gold with. Yeah, I think I'm trying to pull it up, but I remember the past. There was a while where it was a back and forth for Matt Ryan and his fantasy finishes. Yeah, here it is. So in 2012, he finished as the QB6. And then following years, QB12, QB7, QB20, QB2, QB15, QB2, and then 10, 12, 20. So he had those like back and forth years where he was QB2. He was a top 10 quarterback for fantasy He's purposes. He's freaking due, baby. <laughs> He's due. He is due. So I I agree. I think he's in an offense that's finally going to allow him to excel uh, like his previous years. Um, I mean, he doesn't have prime Julio, but he has prime Michael Pittman. And it's not comparable, but at the same time, that's not too shabby. And he's got a fantastic line in front of him that he hasn't had in years. And add in Jonathan Taylor to add all, take off some pressure. And we could see a very different Matt Ryan than we've seen in the past few seasons. 
So I'm with you. I especially he's being drafted as a QB 22. That's a dude you can take off the waiver wire right before week one. If you're feeling like it and you're just like, dope, I've got a guy and see what he see what he does week one. And if he's kind of that guy again, you'll know. You reap all the reward. Let me ask you guys if just looking at their ADP or their um, it looks like they're finished from last year. Um, they're they're both respectively 20 and 22 and then 22 and 20 um, between Trevor Lawrence and Matt Ryan. If you are in the I don't know, let's say let's say you're going late round QB. You're in the uh, the 11th or 12th round and you're looking at both of these guys on the board. Which one are you guys more trusting in this season? I'm I'm sticking with Matt Ryan. Better team. That that that's why I'm gonna stick Matt Ryan. Um, I like what Peterson is gonna do with Lawrence over in Jacksonville. Um, but even while he was with the Eagles, it wasn't the most dynamic passing game um in the world. So um I, I know he helped Wentz's numbers a little bit while he was there, but I'm I'm gonna go with the better team. It's just a safer pick for me. Um, obviously weighing on that late round tight end, you want to make sure that you get someone decent or if not, uh, if you're going to wait that long, just take two of them, you know? Um, so like, that's one of those things I am looking at the team. I'm looking at who's going to be competitive at the end of the year. Uh, and that's why I'd stick with Matt Ryan there. Okay. Dante, I'm assuming you're Matt Ryan too. I mean, the safe pick, the safer pick is uh, Matt Ryan, but I think you have upside with Trevor Lawrence with the rushing uh, presence that he provides. That's the only okay. reason I would. You have that or, like, you know, the the dump passes, the ETN for, for touchdowns, like that could potentially be right. something uh, goal line-wise. But, yeah, I'm just not really – number one, well, I mean, the Jaguars are going to be down a lot in games too, so it's just going to provide more opportunities. I mean, there's there, there's there's a way you can, like, kind of, like – persuade yourself to to lean sure. Lawrence but I think I think just to be safe I mean the weapons are solidified at, at uh in the app Indianapolis so I would just I would just go Matt Ryan just to be safe yeah okay um how about Kyle what do you think I uh it's weird to say that I think Trevor Lawrence has the highest upside just being younger and probably having a little bit quicker uh weapons on the team but I'm gonna go I'm gonna say Matt Ryan I think he's a he's probably my choice if I'm like going to zero quarterback, letting everybody take two, uh, because some of them do. And I'm just like, all right, I'll take Matt Ryan. I think he's a guy he's gonna give you fifteen to twenty points almost any given week. And I that's really all you need out of a quarterback. He's not gonna win you any weeks, which kind of stinks. Um, but he'll have a few good weeks or a few fantastic weeks. But yeah, I'm going I'm taking Ryan as well. Yeah, I think I think the Kyle, you hit the nail on the head there is that Ryan's going to have a higher floor, meaning that he's week in, week out, it's going to be more consistent, but he's going to have a lower ceiling than Lawrence, meaning you might not get those huge games of, you know, 30, 35 points. You're, you're going to kind of always sit in maybe that 20 to 25 range, whereas Lawrence has definitely has a lower ceiling because I feel like there's a, a possibility where he can score six points in a given week or eight points in a given week. But at the same time, I think he has those home run weeks too. Um, uh, me personally, I'm also um, – I'm just I, – I guess I'm leaning more towards Ryan as well because I think there's so many moving pieces into in, in Jacksonville. Um, I think bringing Kirk, bringing Evan Ingram in, shipping out uh, DJ Chark. Like there's just so many different things that are moving. ETN coming back. 
that I, I think it's going to be a little overwhelming for Lawrence in, in year one with all those new changes. I think next year is going to be the year um, when we really see Trevor Lawrence kind of take it to the, take it to the limit. So I, I think you're absolutely right. It's going to, I, Lawrence is kind of built to have a, a steady introduction to the league. And I think we're going to see that because uh, I don't think Christian Kirk is going to be that wide receiver one to really, really bring Lawrence up to that next level. All right. So moving past these quarterbacks, there's a few, there's a few receivers here and a single running back, but we've talked about the running back. So I'm going to mention him and let you guys go on your tangents about him again. Uh, Running back Saquon Barkley, I think we all agree he's due for a bounce back season. Uh, last year was a little bit injury riddled, but last year he finished as the RB30, and then this year he's being drafted as the RB14. So I think everybody's kind of assuming a a bounce back season, but I want to hear you guys kind of give your thoughts on why or wh- what what is really drawing us to Saquon, because I think we're all really invested in in him this year yeah i mean i I alluded to it earlier um the fact that he's getting the amount of uh touches um they're they're already alluding to him having a big workload um and he's gonna be used heavily uh as a wide receiver looks like uh, seven routes and 12 slaps so I, i just love the way they're utilizing him um Last time he was, again, last time he was fully healthy, he averaged around uh, 20 points per game. That was the 2018-2019 season. So I think if we could just go back to that, um, even with, I mean, even with the amount of touches he might get um, in terms of targets, uh, I think that would be, I think that would even impact that even more. So, uh, yeah, he has also an upgrade offensive line. Uh, Darius Tony looks like he might uh, be something special. Uh, of course, we got Daniel Jones, the goat. So, yeah, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I'm gonna need you to elaborate a little bit more on Daniel Jones. What do you mean? On him does, being does the it, goat? Does, I, it, does, I, it, I need, does his resume not speak for itself? List it. I need to know. I <laughs> I hear Daniel Jones the goat. I'm gonna need some. Some facts, some figures, uh, maybe a few fact. charts. Okay, fact. Is he, not, so maybe, is he not a New York Giant? Is he not a New York Giant? Yeah. Okay, that's all we need to do. That's, that's <laughs> the fact right there. That's the biggest fact. So is more. Kenny Galladay. <laughs> so is Kenny Galladay, but I don't that's know. That's not a quarterback. Really... He's not a quarterback. I'm talking. I'm talking that's not the question. I'm talking quarterbacks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> last quarterback. Who was the last quarterback before uh, Daniel Jones? Oh, what was his name? It was some bum, not Eli. Who was after Eli? Come on, come on. Who, who was the staple quarterback? It was Eli. Come on, Joe Flacco. Jeez, was it really? No, who was it? There was a guy between. There was a buffer guy between Geno for a little bit, I think. Oh, who replaced? Who's the guy that replaced Eli in the one game that made him sit? Who didn't Gino. start the first? Was, uh, was it Geno? I think it was. Yeah. For for the Giants, you're saying Gino? Yeah, yeah. I thought it was Mike Glennon. <laughs> what was it? Not Mike for a little bit. I thought it was Mike. Yeah, possibly. No, you, you, possibly, but that's just a funny name to just bring up in conversation. Mike. It's Mike Glennon. Come on now. <laughs> you. <laughs> you're a maniac. <laughs> 
All right. <laughs> Moving on from Saquon, I think Dante covered it best. We all like him. Uh, he's going to bounce back. I think it's very – we're very hopeful that he does at least. But here are – I'm going to list four receivers that we all kind of compiled as our bounce-back candidates uh, in the wide receiver department. And I'm just going to shoot – I'm going to I'm gonna say a random name and give them, assign them to you. So there's Cortland Sutton, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson, and A.J. Brown. All as bounce back candidates. Uh, and I'm going to go, Mike, I want you to talk about A.J. Brown. All right. Uh, A.J., I mean, A.J. is an interesting story. So, like, obviously he had some issues um, last season in Tennessee. I'm, I'm not sure. I don't, don't think he had major injuries last year. It was something about his mental health and stuff like that on top of being hurt. So he was kind of in a funk. Um, I truly do believe in, like, new scenery. Just help you, like it would help anybody out, just to get that new coaching staff, new people, new supports, basically. So, um, he's clearly going to be the number one in this offense. I think he's going to be heavily, heavily targeted, easily, probably around 120 targets, if not 150 on the season, something like that. Um, I haven't penciled in as without a doubt a top 20 receiver this year. I believe I have him right around 15 at the moment um, in my rankings, and I'm sure it's going to go up as I do it day by day here before we draft. Um, I think he just has a a really good skill set, and he's good. He's good when a play breaks down, too. He knows how to get open. He knows how to break down zones. The guy is extremely elusive um, when he gets the ball in his hands as well and extremely aggressive off the line. He's basically an all-around guy. So. I know he's going to help Hurts evolve his game. Um, no offense to Smith, but Hurts uh, definitely has not had a receiver like Brown yet. I think it's going to help elevate that entire team. Um, so, yeah, I- I'm high on Brown this year. Like I said, I- I'm aiming for Brown right around that third, fourth round turn um, in terms of like value-wise if you're going to draft based off of value. Um the only downside to Brown uh, is I'm a Dallas fan, and it's not going to be fun watching him play us. So uh, I'm going to be ruined for him, except for two weeks this year. Uh, other than that, if I have him in fantasy, I'll be ruined for him for the rest of the year. But I think last year was was last year when AJ Brown had food poisoning. And it basically like sidelined him for two weeks almost. I think I think that's what it was. And then on top of that, it kind of compounded with like him just having like the mental issues. He was in a bad place, um, stuff like that, which is totally understandable. And and obviously, like more and more guys in the NFL are speaking up about that, which is a very serious issue. Um, it's one of the reasons that Calvin Ridley stepped away from football last year, um, taking my fantasy team. So. Um, it, it's, it's like, it, it was kind of just a bad spot for him, but I think getting out of that, getting into a new support system, new coaching staff, him and Hertz are really good friends. I think this is, this is going to be a boom year for AJ Brown, if not his best year fantasy wise, since he's came into the league. So I'm, I'm definitely excited for him. All right. So then I'm going to toss Zach, give me some Allen Robinson love. 
Yeah, I'm I'm huge on Allen Robinson. Um, in, in a lot of my mocks recently, I haven't been drafting him, but that's not to any fault of his own. It's just because I like the upside on some of the guys around him a little bit better. Um, like I see guys like Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, um, even Rashad Bateman are all kind of in that range, and I think those guys have true like top twelve potential uh, in their respective offenses. Whereas Allen Robinson is going to be he's going to be a wide receiver too. Um, on, on that offense, but he's going to be a damn good wide receiver too. Like I, I envision him being very similar to what you got with Odell Beckham um, last season when when he got plugged into that Rams offense. I think he's going to step right in and take that role where he's going to take on a decent amount of targets, where he's going to haul in a couple touchdowns. He's a huge guy. He's going to be a red zone threat. And I think people kind of forgot how great of a receiver he was pre- I guess pre Justin Fields in in um, Chicago, even going back to when he was with Blake Bortles in in Jacksonville, like he was he was an absolute stud. There was a point where he was going in the first round of fantasy drafts. Um, obviously, I know he's older. It's been a few years since then, but he's he's got that potential to haul in, you know, between 10, 12, 15 touchdowns this season. I know that sounds insane, but he's going to be used as a red zone threat. The, the Rams proved last season that they're not huge on using a tight end down there. So what's the second best thing you can use is a big body wide receiver like Robinson. So I, I love him in, in drafts. I think he and um, Matt Stafford are going to find a veteran connection almost immediately. And I, I think teams are going to overcompensate for Cooper Cup, which is going to leave a lot of room for Allen Robinson to feast this season. So even though he finished as the 81 last year, the wide receiver 81 and burned some people, um, I truly think he has – I'll put him as a top, a safe top 24 receiver, meaning he will be a wide receiver too. I like that. And he's finally playing with a, a good quarterback. I think we can all agree. Stafford is probably leagues better than Bortles fields, Dalton and everybody else. (laughs) He was catching passes from. Yeah. Oh, probably. I know I would say that, but I was speaking for you guys. Yeah, like you said, Robinson last year finished as a wide receiver 81, being drafted as the 29th receiver off the board. Uh, next two guys, yeah, Cortland Sutton. I don't know, Dante, do you have any love for Sutton? I know he's catching passes from your favorite quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's all you got to I, I mean, say. I, I guess, no, yeah, it's, I, you took the words right out of my mouth, but just to, just to keep this conversation going, uh, he finished with 150 uh, fantasy points last year, had multiple games with over 10 targets. Uh, his best game was against the Raiders. Uh, I'm sorry. His best game was against the, the Jags. He had uh, nine receptions for 159 yards. Um, I'm seeing I'm not a lot of touchdowns. He only had two touchdowns uh, last season, so... I think with uh, Russell, that'll uh, that'll greatly improve. Um, I see Cortland Sutton kind of embodying that Tyler Lockett uh, role for Russ. If I had to just like combine the two uh, offenses, obviously we have yet to see what how Russ utilizes his offense uh, for a long period of time. But I do think uh, the speed uh, combined with the size allows for uh, Russ to uh, kind of unleash the deep ball a little bit more and uh have a sudden contest so i do feel uh i do feel optimistic with uh sudden or judy uh for that matter and um yeah i can't i can't really say anything negative about it yeah i think that's again i really think russ is going to bring 
a huge boost to all the receivers, but I'm I'm part of the Cortland Sutton camp as well. I think he's going to be the biggest. He's going to improve the most, and uh, I'm a fan. But I wanted to speak on Robert Woods quick for a second as the final guy. Uh, being drafted as the 40th receiver off the board last year, he finished as the wide receiver 51. Uh, after lo- missing out on the second half of the season, um, he, I think he finished the se- or at time of injury. I think he was the wide receiver 12, and I as the wide receiver two behind Cup, still being wide receiver 12. That's not too bad. Uh, years before, he finished at at the least as the wide receiver 14. Dude is just a PPR guy uh he just gets targets he gets receptions he he, and that's kind of how he gets his fantasy points and i don't see why that would be any different in tennessee it's not like he i mean he's gonna be in a less a lower lesser passer volume offense but at the same time it's not like they don't pass the ball Uh, i think he's going to have a great target volume in this offense and get you plenty of passes and have a great bounce back year uh, coming off of a fun mid-season ACL injury last year. Um, so that kind of wraps up bounce-back candidates. Uh, any- yeah, and I just I want to snipe you real quick here. Um, I had a comment on um, what you just said about Robert Woods as well. We just talked about Allen Robinson. The, what Robert Woods did being that wide receiver 12 makes me really excited for Allen Robinson this year. Like, if if Robert Woods was able to do that, great receiver. Uh, in my opinion, I think Allen Robinson is a more talented receiver, kind of has more of a route tree than Woods did on the outside and stuff. Um, that makes me extremely, extremely excited for A-Rob. Um, and then quick comment on the Broncos as well. I think um, we're, we're talking about like guys are going to have that bounce back here. I think every offensive player on the Broncos – is going to score more points than they did last year, except Melvin Gordon. Um, so I, I think we can go as far as to say that, um, especially with the news saying that Javante is really going to start taking over in that backfield. Um, so, yeah, you could even put the the Broncos team down as everybody's about to bounce back. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to chime in there. You made me excited about A-Rob. Love to hear it. All right. So those are our bounce back candidates. Um, well, Count on them to bounce back. I think that's kind of the easy, simplest way to put that. Uh, they weren't great last year, but this next year they're going to be pretty damn good. Uh, but moving on, some players were not drafting this year, or I guess not drafting at cost, because who knows if any of these guys dropped to the final round of your draft, you're probably going to take them. Uh, but either way, you're looking at ADP, you're looking at who's being drafted where and when. And just basically saying that's not worth it. Uh, maybe in a few rounds I'll bite, but right now uh, I'm off. I'm cool. Uh, basically, these are guys you are not comfortable putting in your starting lineup. Essentially, it's basically the easiest way to put that. Not for not to start the season at least. But I'll kick us off. Uh, and who who put this in here? Uh, quarterback Patrick Mahomes. Let's hear it, Zach. Uh, that's me. Um. So I'm going to argue this on two fronts, I guess. And the first one, I'll just go strictly off the ADP. Um, He's going very, very early. um, And he is a quarterback that isn't necessarily dynamic in the running game. Um, 
which makes him immediately really, really risky to take this early in drafts. He's currently going in our mock here. He went in the third round. He was the second quarterback off the board, um, only going before. Uh, I'm sorry, only going after Josh Allen. And when you compare him to Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and uh, guys like Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Kyler Murray, um, I skipped over Joe Burrow because he kind of falls in the same category as, as Mahomes here. But um, when you look at those other guys, they all have rushing upside, um, which which makes them immediately more valuable as a quarterback. So I, I think already Mahomes' price tag is a little high just based off of that fact. But not only that, we also have to factor in that Mahomes is working with a lot of new pieces in this offense. Um, you know, they went out and they drafted Sky Moore um, in this year's draft. They brought in Juju Smith-Schuster in free agency. Obviously, they traded away Tyreek Hill. Um, and, and I think we're not taking into account enough um, how how impactful losing Tyreek Hill is going to be on this offense. We take a look at Aaron Rodgers' current ADP, and I mean, we're... What, let's see, where'd he go in the eighth round here? I mean, that guy was the MVP last year. And of course, he lost his, you know, he lost his best weapon in Devontae Adams, and he's paying the price with his ADP. So I don't quite get why there isn't a direct correlation with Patrick Mahomes as well. Well, you know, he's losing his best asset on, on offense. I know Ka- uh, Travis Kelsey's still there. I'm not discounting that. But he lost his best a- asset on uh, offense, and now he's still going in the same range. I don't quite get it. And I don't love him at that cost. So that's why I went ahead and I listed Mahomes as, as one of my do not drafts this season. I can get behind that. I I think the third round price tag on Mahomes is a little bit too pricey. I, and I think all of us have him ranked. I could be wrong. I, have to, I should have double checked that. But I think all of us have him ranked QB three, at least behind Allen and Herbert. And he's going roughly seven eight picks before before herbert and i think that's kind of ridiculous so zach i kind of i think i'm hopping on board with you i think i'd much rather take the upside in herbert and probably like lamar jackson jalen hurts above uh uh, before patrick mahomes uh at least in those early rounds if i'm investing in an early qb i want a guy who's going to be above and beyond the best you said um, you said Mahomes was getting drafted eight spots before Herbert. Yeah, really? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's that's a little crazy. I mean, <laughs> yeah. quarterback yeah. three, I understand, um, but like, I I I don't think Mahomes is going to get worse. I I'm kind of like on the other side of that. I think Mahomes is going to be just fine, and he'll finish as the QB three. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think any quarterback for the most part I would have as like an like basically until the end of second early third round ADP anyways for me personally that's where I would look for him so like yeah Mahomes end of the third early fourth I like that spot but not where not where he's being taken right now definitely not over Herbert I think that's that's absurd all right so moving on uh some running backs We've got a, a laundry list of running backs here. I say laundry list. There's only four, but that's quite a bit in comparison to the sole quarterback and the sole receiver we have on this list. But Javante Williams, who put his name on this board? Who said he's not? Who said they're? Who said they're not that drafting Javante Williams? Me. Let me hear. And I gotta and I gotta say I don't feel fully confident uh, based on the reports that we're getting, but. 
for me, it's just it's not his play. It's just where he's being picked. I just feel more comfortable picking. I know we're not trying to allude to the draft or the mock that we're doing right now, but I would feel more comfortable taking a Leonard Fournette above uh, Javante Williams just because Melvin Gordon's presence kind of bothers me. I know when he was the lead back and Melvin Gordon wasn't playing at all against the Chiefs last year, he averaged 26 points. I, I get that. Um, but the following game, Melvin Gordon had 24 carries for uh, over 100 yards and two TDs. So I know I know Melvin Gordon's workload isn't going to be um, as impactful, but they are going to have both running backs on a pitch count just to try to preserve them for the playoffs this year. That also scares me. Um, it's just when I look at, again, Leonard Fournette, dude was averaging uh, like seven, eight targets before he got hurt. Yeah, week 10 to week 15, look, look the targets, the receptions, eight, six, seven, seven, four, and seven. That's ridiculous. How you were gonna sing us a song? Eight six seven five three oh nine. Yeah, right. But yeah, like the the fact that he's getting those points. I mean, in a PPR, those, those are those are all those are all points right there. So I would just feel more comfortable at where he's being taken uh, late second round. I just feel like you can get a lot more value uh, at other positions. So that's my take. I, I agree with that, Dante. I, I, I had personally, I had Melvin Gordon last year and it was great because he was annoying and he would uh, get consistent work in every single game, whether it was six fantasy points, eight fantasy points. And and I think I think you're right until you have a guy or I'm sorry, until he is gone from that offense and um, it's just the Javante Williams show. I'm not interested at that range when I could take, like you said, a guy like Fournette or like James Conner, or like Saquon Barkley, who are the the one there. Shit, I'd feel more comfortable taking Mon- Montgomery. Yeah, to yeah, be honest agreed. with you, I know, I know, I, I know. I, just, I just because, just because, ever. just because, just because of Melvin Gordon. I understand that Javante has the higher ceiling. He will probably be better than David Montgomery. I'm just saying in terms of who I feel more comfortable. I like running backs that I know are like the number one. Their production is not going to be challenged. That's just me. I like I, I understand that Javante will have a better season most likely, but um, that's just me. You know I'm with I mean? you, Dante. Yeah, I I am I'm on the other side of the spectrum. I mean, RB 17 with less competition this year. With less like workload being robbed from him, I I gotta say I'm on the the opposite side on that one. I, I'm pro Hair or uh, Williams. I think he should be drafted in the second round, no later. Um, I I still would take a guy like Lenny over him. Um, like Kamara, obviously I take Chubb over him. I would not take Barkley over him. Um, but he would be right in that second tier of running backs for me. Um, I I think I'm taking him early to mid second i the way i see it is it's upside i think there's the the way i look at these early picks is i'm looking at guys who have the potential to be the rb1 like the who has the potential to be like the best of that position this season or to be next year's number one overall pick and i look at guys like in comparison like you guys mentioned Leonard Fournette or like a Nick Chubb. I don't think those two have that potential to be the number one overall running back, but Saquon I Saquon does though. Saquon does. Yeah. And I think that's I 
I think that's kind of, like I think Barkley and Williams is where I kind of like I'd go back and forth, but I think a comparative comparatively to Chubb and Fournette, I think Williams has much more potential to be that number one guy uh, in comparison. If he manages to slide and he's somewhere around the turn, like I, I would, I would change my draft strategy if he ended up coming back to me um, somewhere where I wasn't expecting him to be. I, I'll put it that way. Like I'm in on him in that aspect, but I don't think I'm in on him where it's quite honestly, I don't think I want him in the second. I feel better with him in the third. And I think that's just where I sit on him. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm at as well. Fair, very fair. And that's kind of why we do this because we all have very different opinions on almost every it's good single to hear player. multiple sides of the I'm, story, pre- I'm pre- totally prepared to eat shit though when Javante <laughs> has like 150 yards, three touchdowns, week one. You know what I mean? I'm totally it's prepared of, for that. It's one of those that. one of those things you have to take a stance. Uh, you can't just be like, eh, he can be good. He could be not not be good. You have to take a stance on these guys. Uh, especially with Javante, like you almost always are rooting for young guys success. So you're not like, I know you guys aren't sitting here and be like, nah, I want him to be bad. So like to see him go and for 200 yards, three touchdowns, you're just like, all right, cool. I understand I was wrong, but good to see it. Um, but all right, moving on next guy, we've got a guy who's ready to talk some trash on this one. Uh, and I think we have a few others lined up, but Running back Miles Sanders going as the running back 27 in the sixth round, sixth round running back. Um, and Mike here is very much saying he's not touching him. He could go. He could be in the final. He's very much a guy that could be in the last round. and Mike's not going to touch him. So have at it, Mike. Yeah, listen, I mean, it's it's such an easy argument to say, why would you take Miles Sanders in the sixth round? This is a guy. I am not touching at all, man. You want to talk about what he's done the past few years. Last year was his rookie season. The year after that, he finished as RB24 on, I believe, let's see. I got it up here. Just a moment. I believe it was 12 or 13 games. Um, Let's see here. My bad. Uh, Yeah. And I lost it again. I'm so sorry. Yeah, 12 games, 12 games. And then the thing that kind of bothers me is Peterson leaves, they get the new guy in, and his rushing production, his touches in 12 games again the following season went down, and his targets went down. Um, So this is a guy that played 12 games in 2020 and 2021, and his touches and targets are going down. That's the biggest thing for me. It's like, all right, I don't want anything to do with him. Obviously, he played the same amount of games, and they're kind of weeding him out at this point. Um, and, and important to keep in mind, too, they also added an extra game. So that that's even more surprising, like, that he missed that extra game and still couldn't make up for it. So um, this is a guy I'm just not drafting. I don't care if he falls to the 10th round. I'm not taking this guy. When he's on the field, he's not giving you much anyways. I want to pull up his game log from last year to see what he actually did when he was healthy. His best game was literally week one, and he had 17.3 points. After that, he had only three other weeks in the season where he scored above 10 points. No 20-point games. Like, I am not drafting a running back in, I like, realistically, I'm, I'm saying 10th round because I personally would not draft him at all if he fell to the 12th. But 8th round, 
I think is warranted. If you want to take a flyer on him in the eighth round, I get it. Projecting him at a 16-game or 17-game season, I, I could understand like seventh, eighth round if you're feeling that. But I'm not touching this guy at all. Like personally, his usage is going down. Gainwell is finally coming to gain in a role. He's got a lot of camp hype right now as well. And that's that that team has always truly been a committee. There's never been a true role guy in that Eagles offense, even with this new guy as well running the show there. So Miles Sanders, my opinion, don't draft him. If you're going to draft him, I could see it as like seventh, eighth round at the earliest. But this is a guy that trending downwards, less usage every year, um, injury risk on top of all that. Yeah, no thank you. I'm out on Miles Sanders. Bold, but not too bold. But I, I think there's a few of us here. I know Dante's kind of in the same camp. Um, me as well. I think that sixth round price tag on uh, Miles Sanders is a bit too much, mostly because at that point you're drafting him to be in your starting lineup. And I don't think he's going to be that type of player. I think he's even come out and said that the style of offense that they're running this year is not one that's going to be good for fantasy for him, at least. Uh, I remember I Oh, this was like a month or two ago, but he basically flat out said, like, don't draft me. Like, I, I'm not going to be good for fantasy. And when a player is telling, saying that, like, yeah, they might be spiteful of fantasy players in general. But at the same time, it's kind of like, why not listen to the guy? I don't know. I still don't understand the sixth round ADP. It's weird, but people want a uh, air quotes uh, starting running back. And technically he is one, but it's weird. He was the only player. uh the last player, uh, oh, let me say the stat first. He had 100 total touches and no touchdowns. The last player to do that was Frank Gore in uh, 2012, I believe. So that that's that's the company he's keeping. Uh, 27 games as a starter, he's only averaged 12.3 points per game. Um, he does have goal line work. He's got he's he's last uh, last year. He had uh, 15 goal line uh, snaps, uh, while the rest of the running back committee only had 13 combined. But that's only going to get siphoned uh, due to Jalen Hurts. And now uh, with the weapons of Devontae and uh, and AJ Brown, I just don't think. I yeah, I'm I'm off on him as well. All right, and then moving on, uh, two running backs. I'm going to kind of lump these two together, but two running backs that are not getting a lot of love in training camp these past few weeks. One especially, but the both Antonio Gibson and Cam Akers are being drafted almost identically. Uh, one as the RB18 as Cam Akers and Gibson's going as the RB19 off the board. Uh, and both of them are just kind of slowly making their way down draft boards, uh, especially Gibson in recent days, honestly. Uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, poor press uh, after fumbling in the preseason game and being reports that he's practicing with the special teams, which isn't great for a starting running back. Uh, both guys have shown flashes of greatness, but also I have not been super exciting. Um, Zach, do you have any opinions yeah. on these guys? I'll uh, I'll chime in on Gibson real quick. Um, I first off don't like the uh, I'm going to steal uh, from Jason Moore kind of his his catchphrase is you got to follow the roster moves and follow what the front office is doing. 
and they're telling us that they don't really believe in him. They made it a point to go out and get J.D. McKissick back from Buffalo after he had already signed like a contingent deal. And then they drafted uh, Brian Robinson out of Alabama. I think Brian, right? Brandon? Brian? Um, B-Rob. We'll just go with that. Out of Alabama. And uh, he's a, a big power bruising back. So if if you ask me, they got a pass catching back. They have a power bruiser back. I, f- I almost like I know it sounds crazy, but I almost feel like it leaves Gibson as the odd man out where he's on a short leash. And if if something doesn't go his way, um, I, I don't I wouldn't be surprised to see if Ron Rivera pulls him out of a game at some point. Um, we already saw that the fumble was an issue in, in the preseason. And last season, he was just volatile. He was all over the place. And that's not kind of, not the kind of guy that I want to draft in the fourth round where I could be drafting someone. You know, like a, I don't, I don't even know. Let me look at the fourth round. Uh, a DJ Moore, who's going to get me consistent points, or Jalen Waddle, or Deontay Johnston. You know, other other options there that are that are going to be more beneficial to my team. So, I, I just personally, I'm out on Antonio Gibson. I, I've never really been in on him. I just don't fully believe in him as a productive NFL back. Uh, Zach, I wanted to chime in as well. So obviously for and know anybody that knows and watches the show, Zach coaches at the high school level. Zach, would you ever take your arguably star player and put them on the punt team to block? Because if you look at that team, you got McLaurin as the star and then Gibson right behind him. Would you, would you, is that something like coaches do? How much stock are you putting into that? Like that news there? Yeah, I mean, typically that's a really, really good way to get your guys hurt. Um, uh, freak things happen on special teams, whether it's someone hitting head-to-head and getting a bad concussion, someone plants funny, gets buried at the bottom of the pile and twists a knee. It, it's just not a good look for your starting star offensive player to be on special teams. So I think, Mike, I think that's a really good point. I think it's telling that it, it could be something more that they're that they're trying to get him out there. It could just be that maybe they want a dynamic player, but more than likely, I, I don't like it, and and I think that it's it's a sign of something something bigger going on. Mm-hmm. Something behind the scenes, you know, some something's yeah. going on there. Whether it's to motivate them, like, hey, you're about to be on punt team if you don't start like getting your shit together or something. Right. Like, I know that's another coach strategy. So, like, yeah, it's uh, it, it's hard. Like the camp news, you don't want to put too much stock into it. But I've never heard of that. Um, so I think it's definitely important for everybody to just kind of keep in mind on Gibson uh, when you're drafted in a week or so here. Yeah, and kind of I'll highlight Acres a little bit, but he's just kind of been injured all training camp. Uh, I think the report yesterday was that him, both him and Henderson have uh, just soft tissue issues. Um, they're still kind of like managing their way through practices. But Akers is going in the third, end of the third round. And what we saw of him last year, well, the very little we saw of him last year throughout the playoffs was just very low yards per carry. A uh, lot of touches, but nothing super productive. And none of that really, I mean, personally excites me. So, I mean, in that range, I can get T. Higgins went right, went off the board right after him. And I, that's an easy swap. I'd much rather have Higgins or uh, Reese Hall, honestly, has a lot of upside in comparison. Um, so like drafting upside, I don't want acres. I feel like he's limited. He's going to be limited all year with either an injury or Henderson. 
And I I don't want really anything to do with that. So a guy I'm not drafting at ADP. Um, and then last guy on this list, wide receiver, Chase Claypool. Uh, Mike has a lot of opinions on him. We kind of touched on him a little bit last week. So if you just want to run through like a few bullet points, Mike, go for it. Yeah, no, really quick. Um, and, and this is a stance that's kind of, I mean, it's just something you look at. Like George Pickens right now, I think everybody on that team respects the man. He's earned all of their respect. He's a dog. Claypool, I believe, is out right now. So he's kind of just like paving the way for Pickens to become this huge star. Um, but clearly, I mean, with with watching film, I mean, from what the coaches are even saying, Pickens is going to be the true number two option on that team. Um, I think going into the year for probably the rest of his tenure in Pittsburgh, as long as Deontay's there. Um, the last video we kind of touched on the effect that Pickens was going to have on Deontay. And I said that I didn't like Deontay at his like late third round, early fourth round ADP because um, I felt like Pickens was going to be a threat. But more so um, for this episode, we're talking about the effect it has on Claypool. And I think that it's going to tank his ADP. This is a guy that I will be drafting definitely after round 10 as like a flyer pick, most likely. Um, this isn't a guy at all that is going to be on my mind, nothing like that. I'm probably drafting him with guys like you see on our board here, uh, like Jamison Williams, uh, Romeo Dobbs, Nico Collins, Sammy Watkins, Van Jefferson, like these are these are some flyer picks. So um, that that's where Claypool is for me. I, I'm assuming in most leagues this year, depending on the rounds, he won't get drafted at this point. Um, I, I think I think he will get drafted, but there will be some rare cases where he doesn't. Just because I mean he's he's going to get pushed out on this team. They still got uh, Calvin Austin, who they really love there. Najee's obviously going to have his fair share. Patty in the red zone is going to take up everything. Um, and, and Pickens is just a presence, you know, um, and if Claypool is going into the season with an injury, he's going to have to kind of fight his way back and kind of like make himself still relevant on that team. Um, so I, I don't know how you guys feel about him, but it, it's definitely scary. And I'm kind of out on him this year. I, I won't be interested in taking him at all. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So. We're going to wrap up there. Uh, I've got a few things to state, some housekeeping. But before I do, uh, I'm going to run down the list. Uh, quick hitters, no prep time. Zach Cole, uh, give me a Dark Horse Fantasy MVP. Um, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with the late round ADP times the production here. Uh, he was tied for 796th receiver uh, last season. That's Mr. Michael Thomas, who went in the sixth round. Uh, I think he's Ooh. got a chance to return to form, um, be great with a, a high-volume quarterback, and I love him. Bold. All right, Dante, Dark Horse Fantasy MVP. Uh, I'm going to go with Trey Lance. Uh, you got the passing rushing uh, option uh, in the 49ers. They're top rushing offense. And, um, they've been a top rushing offense since Kyle Shanahan's been there. Um, and, yeah, I just I feel, I feel like uh, – with because he's so new, I think defenses will not be prepared for him, and that'll provide a lot of opportunities for him. That's a great pick, Dante. I love it, Mike. Let's hear it. who's your pick. 
Yeah, sorry. Not not a dark horse for me. I'm not going to be as creative here. I'm going Herbert or Jefferson as one at MVP this year. That's not dark horse at all. I'm going to go. Going, you're, Mike's going for true MVP right there. I'm He's sorry, going for the I, best I, player. I, I respect <laughs> that. No, I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. Mike's, Mike's sitting here. He's just like, uh, nobody's winning MVP except for these two. I, I'm there's no, he's not, not even yeah, yeah. doesn't won't even comprehend a different <laughs> outcome. Uh, my pick is uh, a little closer to Mike's, but it's kind of dark horse and Stefan Diggs. I really like the target volume he could have this year uh, and probably somebody that you guys didn't even think of. So, all right, we're going to wrap it there. A uh, few housekeeping. First off, uh, you'll see in the far end here. If you're watching. Use code first seed on Manscaped. Twenty uh, percent off your order. It's as it's fantastic, fantastic product. Uh, we think all four of us have had a chance to give it a shot, and I love it. I've <laughs> I, I've got I've got zero zero complaints. All hype. I I'm a fan. I'll tell you uh, what. I've never had smoother skin in my life down there. That's that. <laughs> Easiest way to put it, and it, it was so simple to use too. It was actually quite quite convenient. Uh, but yeah, first seed code first seed on Manscaped twenty percent off. I, it's fantastic. You should give it a shot. And then it's the first time in life I've wanted to smell my balls. Let's just say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I can't can't disagree. And then for. Again, code first seed on underdog. Hop into a few best balls before the season starts. Best ball is essentially you draft and you forget it. And then you can check again midseason and realize you're going to win a few few good couple bucks there. Uh, Right now, I'm going to be a millionaire. You could be. But use our code. You get a basic, basically a deposit match. Uh, You put in a hundred bucks up to a hundred bucks. You could put just 10 bucks and you get you get that much back as well. So you get double the money, double the money to play with and just have a blast. Uh, I love it. The guys here love it. Mike and I have mocked a few times, not even mocked. We've drafted a few times in the morning. Uh, It's fantastic. Love underdog. Give it a shot and you'll love it. They also have a few in season tournaments, but we'll talk about that down the road again, code first seed. And then, Follow us on socials at First Seed Fantasy on Instagram, at First Seed Sports on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it was a blast whether you're watching or listening. Uh, I am Kyle with Dante, Mike, and Zach. Fellas, it was a pleasure chatting with you. Always a good time. Pleasure as always. Guys. You as well. Thanks for listening to the First Seed Fantasy Podcast. Till next time. Till next time.